Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're back, and we are going to an a- answer a very special request. And we've received this many, many, many times, like probably over a thousand times in many different forms. But people are always curious about how Julie and I have been able to be married for 30-plus years, 31 this year, mm-hmm. and uh, to be able to work together in several different businesses. And so what we're going to be doing and what we did over the last week preparing for this is we wrote down almost 20 points about what we feel have been the key tenets of our marriage and our partnership and our business partnership. And we're hoping that you guys will glean some value from these points we're about to make. Now, before we get to point number one, I want to, Julie's going to share a little story <laughs> that happened this morning when we were working out. And this goes to one of your rules, Julie. Make sure every time you leave the, the house, you always look nice. But I was glad that I bothered to put on makeup this morning <laughs> because I ran into, we ran into none other than the Ricky Martin, who is uh, known to be one of our at least part-time neighbors here in Puerto Rico. And we've seen him, I think I've met him, you know, sort of casually walking the dog two or three times, but um, never to the point of actually having a real conversation. We were both in the gym. He's working out. You know, he's got his ball cap on and his mask, but I kind of recognize him from previous and, you know, he's Ricky Martin, so he's hard to miss. But we bonded over our French Bulldogs. Well, tell him. So this is this is the same little thing that when Julie and I are uh, nervous about uh, approaching somebody, what we and we've done this many many times and it really works. Is you find a picture on your phone and you will show them a picture of something that they'll immediately like. Uh, obviously, you want you know you don't want to just jump up on them and <laughs> shove your phone in <laughs> no their sneak face. Sneak attacks. But so we know that Ricky has a French Bulldog, and so Julie found a picture of our, our French Bulldog Max. And showed it to him, and that was an immediate uh, connection with him, which was pretty awesome. And yes. I have to say, when mm-hmm. Julie and I uh, first ran into Peter Schiff, who you guys yes. hopefully will remember from our podcast, and he's somebody I've been a great admirer of since really 2007, 2008. I listen, Julie and I listen to his podcast every week when it comes out. And um, he has been a great prognosticator of what's going to happen as far as the economy and everything like that. Yes, definitely a perma bear, but still somebody worth listening to. Um, so he was in the in the gym and working out. We didn't know him, and you know we were seeing him maybe three times a week. So we'd listen to his podcast. So I just went up to him and I showed him that his podcast was one of the podcasts I listened to on our phone. And um, then I mentioned something that I really appreciated from the last podcast, and instantly we were friends. Yes, <laughs> that was that's it. Right. That's all it took. <laughs> well, so some of these points will come out in our points about you know taking care of yourself and being interesting and all that sort of thing. But commonality, we met both of these people in the gym. Yep. So go to the gym, make connections, and have things that are interesting that you can talk about that make it easier to break the ice. Right. So that happened in both cases, and uh, and I have to say uh, both of them were very uh, kind and giving, and and hopefully are becoming friends. Ricky Martin was very generous and you know offered to take the picture and actually adjust the lighting properly. (laughs) He was telling me where to stand so the light (laughs) was was right. You know, of course he's going to tell you where to stand and position the camera. He would know. Yeah, exactly. He would know. It was it was a great experience. But anyway, uh, so those are tales from our uh, morning exercise, (laughs) right? Yes. And again, to Julie's point, just to uh, belabor this point, uh, we did a series on, you know, obviously we talk about centers of influence of past clients and all that stuff a lot on this podcast. 
But one of the best ways for you to A, get in shape, but B, expand your centers of influence of past clients is join a gym and then go to the gym consistently because then you'll start making consistent friends. We uh, chose, uh, we are bef uh, last year we were going to the gym in the afternoon, now we're going to the gym in the morning. And there's a whole different crop of people. Definitely. And it took us maybe a week to know all their, well, mm -hmm. at least get to know them, maybe two or three weeks to get to know their names. Mm -hmm. And now we see them every morning and it's fist bump, it's low, how's it's it going? And it makes you... it more enjoyable to be there for sure. Totally. But the, the point of it is, is that it's a community that has a built-in commonality. You don't have to, you know, sometimes when you meet somebody in the public and you have to search around for something to talk to them <laughs> about, yeah. if you're in the gym, I'll, I'll, again, this Mutual is- Mutual suffering. What, well, I mean, <laughs> yesterday we met a guy, I think we mentioned this on the show, uh -huh. you know, the other day. He was almost 70 years old, and he was, um, you know, essentially lifting as much as Julie and I both weigh. And I congratulated him. I told him how impressed we were. And guess what? Now we're friends. So that's the nice thing about the gym is mm -hmm. it's easy to, to cross that um, barrier of uh, in unfamiliarity and, the you know, again, compliment somebody, right? Show them something that they'd be interested in. And uh, yeah, it's easy. It's fun. And it's great. Oh, and by the way, you get in better shape. Yes. So we are actually, this is kind of funny. We're talking about going to the gym together. That's mm -hmm. one of our points that we're coming. It is. And here. I have to mention also that we have had more requests for this topic as a result of the pandemic, because many yeah. of our uh, coaching clients, many of our listeners to this podcast, their spouses or partners, uh, some of them, you know, are getting licensed and joining the other person in the business. So I think this is appropriate for them as well. Well, and also this is counterintuitive, but a lot of people think that when like the economy is going into recession or there's all this doom and gloom talk, which by the way, listeners, there's doom and, doom and gloom talk every year uh, in the first maybe quarter of every year. And it's usually uh, starts in the previous fourth quarter of the previous year. And that's exactly what happened this year. For some reason, it's mm -hmm. in the news cycle and fourth quarter of the previous year. Talk about how the world's coming to an end. And then that theme carries <laughs> Cyclical. through. Cyclical. And then they basically bounce off of it and talk about something different in the uh, second quarter. That is how it's happened, really, I think, since 2007. But the moral of the story here is even if we are going into a different type of uh, economy, what you're going to see is more people get real estate licenses. Remember, we told you that, mm -hmm. not fewer. So when, econ when look at what's happened now. National Association of Realtors has a record of 1.6 million members of National Association of Realtors, an all-time high. And what was leading up to that? The pandemic. People getting licensed when they were essentially in lockdown and people feeling financially uh, insecure and wanting to create multiple streams of income. That theme is going to continue and maybe you're in that uh, on the path to becoming a licensee or maybe you're wanting to bring your spouse in and you're already a successful realtor and you're wanting to bring your spouse or your child in or your partner or in. Or maybe you're already there and you're struggling with how to work all that out Yeah, because you're already licensed, right? That's normally how it works. So it we're going to be going through and what we're going to do is we're going to intermingle marital and uh, business advice because the truth is, and I'll just get this one out of the way, it's not one of our points. When you're working with your spouse, uh, though there are ways to separate business and work, business and work get merged. And you then start sharing what Julie and I lovingly call, with quotes around the word lovingly call, mm -hmm. antivirus software. Yeah. And at, at the start, that is very awkward and can be very contentious. But we're going to walk you guys through all of that. Yeah. So Julie's got a couple great quotes for you. All right. So again, this is going to be a multi-part series. Read and the, it is how to have a successful, happy marriage and partnership. Uh, and that's the focus, again, of our mini-series here. So here's a quote from Henry Ford who said, coming together is a beginning Keeping together is progress. Working together is a success. And yours from Proverbs. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. 
So I think that's really good too. Yes. So in other words, working together with your spouse, especially when you're following some of our suggestions here, dare I say advice, mm-hmm. um, will definitely make it so that the two of you will be able to accomplish a hell of a more, hell of a lot more than one of you. But again, if you're trying to work with your spouse and you don't heed some of these suggestions, you'll find the exact opposite is true. And then you can have all kinds of, you might have financial success, but you're not going to have anyone to share it with. So we're going to go through these points. And again, Julie and I are going to deliver this information to you as fluff-free as possible. We probably will interject some stories, uh, mostly from coaching clients, but inevitably some of our own personal experiences Mm -hmm. as well. Julie, point number one. Sure. So point number one, you might want to get out a pen to take some notes or typing fingers ready because there's a lot to this one. Point number one, choose well in the first place. This means you have to discuss and at least mostly agree on basic things in life. So here are some of those things to consider. Religion finances, credit, debt, assets, politics, how to handle each other's family, plans for kids or no kids. Some of you have blended uh, families, for example, parenting styles, mental and emotional health and history of mental health, physical health and history of physical health, education, lifestyle expectations. For example, describe your dream house and compare notes to your spouse or partner's dream house notes. Uh, where do you want to live geographically? Where do you want to travel to? And, you know, we could expand upon those lists, but the, those are some very important things. So, and, and again, you don't have to totally agree, but you should mostly agree. So, for example, religion, oftentimes Jewish people and Catholic people get along. They may have some commonalities where you see a lot of marriages like that. Maybe you're both Catholic, maybe you're not. But you have to at least discuss it and have some common traits and values. Well, the point being is that the underlying uh, values and characteristics of each person have to be the same. Fair, and if, yes, and pretty if consistent. Not, it creates all kinds of deeply rooted resent, resentments and all kinds of deeply rooted problems. Especially and, if you wait, you know, to discover that. Right. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing. We, you could have, you know, belabored the point um, endlessly about mm-hmm. finances. Finances are really one of the biggest bugaboos because there's so many mm-hmm. uh, emotional grenades and all it takes is for someone to start oh, yeah. talking about your finances and then that pin is pulled mm-hmm. because there's so much deep-rooted uh, lizard brain scarcity feelings that are associated with money. And then all of a sudden, if you're now in a marital situation or a partnership situation, now you have to start being accountable to where mm-hmm. you spend money. There's all kinds of weird, you know, again, grenades that start to have their pins pulled emotionally. And that can be a never-ending battle. Well, we see that sometimes even just doing the treasure map with somebody individually when Definitely. they have to be accountable and really um, very detailed on what their financial situation is instead of guessing at it. So again, we could go on about all of these sort of micro points, but you know, things like politics, are you on the same page or aren't you? What about kids or no kids? So but that's the list to at least discuss and get clear on. I want to talk about this one point here though, because this is something that is very important. Um, the how to handle other people's family, uh, I'm sorry, how to handle each other's family. What she was meaning, I think, when she wrote this point was in a marriage, in a partnership, what you want to be considering is that your family is your family, right? So Julie's family is, you know, uh, her parents and her brother and her sister and her cousins and her nieces and her nephews, right? But what happens is if that starts going, the priorities of her, uh, that family gets uh, confused with the priorities of her immediate family, what's going to happen is the immediate family is going to suffer. And that's a very, very normal problem. So when you get married or you, I'm, I'm going to just use the word marriage, okay? We can use it interchangeably with the word partnership, but and in many cases it is, uh, but really marriage is different than a partnership, right? So forgive us if we're offending you by not using maybe the exact terminology that you're comfortable with. 
And uh, so we're going to start using the word marriage. In a marriage, your partner, (laughs) I just said it again, but it's true. In a marriage, your partner or your spouse, that is your family. Your immediate family is your family. The family that you left or that raised you, you still love them. You still respect them. You want to spend time with them. But the immediate needs of your family that you have formed are your priority. Not allowing the people from your um, extended family, let's refer to them as that, uh, intermingle with the priorities of your immediate family is something that is very difficult for a lot of people to work through, especially if, say, for example, one of the partners came from or the you know spouses came from a marriage or I'm sorry, a family that was very, you know, they do things together and it's all this sort of happy family bond, whatever. And maybe they had a big family. And then the partner or the husband or the wife that this person chose didn't have that background. And all of a sudden, now they're the new member of this family that's marrying in is always treated as an uh, outlaw, you know, opposed to an in-law in the family. We've seen all of these happen in marital relationships from coaching clients over the years. And all come, it all stems from the misunderstanding of what your prior, family is family. That's true. But where in what pecking order do you prioritize? Well, and you can family? talk about these things, right? Like well, you how, better. How are you exactly before it becomes, you know, a point of contention? So things to discuss. Point number two: realize that marriage is a constantly evolving relationship. How you feel about your spouse when you're newlyweds, or even before you're newlyweds when you're dating, is not going to be the same in three years, five years, maybe even after a few months, and that's normal. Be willing to evolve together. And that's something that no one tells you when you get married, right? That's for sure. So when you get married and you're in that uh, courtship phase, it's all infatuation. It's all sexual attraction. It's all these things. Because what's happening is your brain is forming bonds, chemical bonds to the other person. There's all, you know, it's magical, right? That magical in love feeling is something you want to have forever. It, and you do, but it changes and it evolves with time. And sometimes it ebbs and it flows with its intensity. And you can have, and this is where people, again, we see this happening in coaching clients, Mm -hmm. where they don't realize that that's normal. So you'll have a coaching client, uh, a call with somebody, and they'll express their, you know, concerns about their marriage because it's not like it was. And they'll feel bored or something They've got three kids and all these things are, you know, happening. And and is this, you know, I'm no longer feeling in love like I did when we first, those types of emotions. And. You know, Julie and I are going to get some more points about essentially making sure you're not hanging around with essentially people that are poisoning your marriage. But what you'll discover is that that is how long-term marriages and partnerships, for that matter, uh, work. It's not always going to be infatuation. Infatuation is not designed to last forever, right? That's well, unsustainable. It's, it's exhausting. Unsu- it is. Right? It's too much work. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you have to set your expectations and think about, you know, how are you going to feel about each other? How are you going to treat each other when, say, for example, you have a kid? So, so, so. so it's the love and the lust that draws you together initially, but then over time, what is that? That will still be uh, present. Ideally, but it might not be present as the most dominant emotion in your relationship. And that's the reason, and we're going to talk about this um, on the future shows in a little bit today, is that you have to have common goals. Because if you have common goals and really true common goals, that's going to overcome the, the bad days. That's going to overcome the days where you know your spouse drives you crazy or just other different things are happening because you're staying on the same path. When people start uh, meandering in different directions, especially in a marriage, and meandering takes many forms, that's when you start seeing 
the vows or the commitment that one person made to the other, they then start to betray those vows and betray that commitment, and then everything goes to hell. And that is really, it can happen instantly. It can happen within weeks. It can happen within months or sometimes within years. So the real takeaway from point number two that we're hoping all of you understand is it's perfectly normal. Take it from your old married friends, Tim and Julie <laughs> Harris, right? Like me, you know, what's really funny is people come up to Julie and I sometimes and they'll ask us for like dating advice or just some new relationship <laughs> advice. We're like, we've been married for. How over, would we know? We, like, really, we are the worst people to have. We've been married Seriously. for over 30 years. We, uh, you're speaking. I'm sorry. Are, what language is it that you're asking this question in? But again, we can speak with a high level of authority, I think, to what it takes to have a long term marriage and a long term relationship. And it really is a blessing and the most beautiful thing ever when you can share this journey called life together, not with the unrealistic expectation that you're always going to be, you know, like yeah. lovebirds. Because well, you're not. You, you have to evolve. You have to evolve together and you have to be accepting of that and not rejecting it just because it's different. Yep. Point number three. Point number three, don't hang out with people who have marriage issues. Gosh, they can be so toxic. It's not that you don't care about what they're going through, but don't let them pollute yours. Birds of a feather flock together. That's definitely true. You will absorb their stress and start inadvertently mirroring it in your own relationship. I, I've mentioned to you before, Tim, um, there's been a couple of people even you know in our neighborhood who I won't name, who I knew were going through very difficult, uh, very stressful situations, and they, they were just like on the attack all the time, and that I consciously... It's not that I said I don't want to be friends with you. It's just that I didn't hang out with them. Well, it's because if you're around somebody like that and you're wanting to tell them, a, you have to like constantly running through your filters as to, well, I wanted to tell them a story about me and Julie walking on the beach and running into not somebody. Not going to do that. They're not going to talk about a happy no. happy couple story with this person or, what, you know, I'm, I guess I have to really filter what, and then they just become very contentious. Well, because then they can have a reaction like, well, yeah, me and my spouse used to be like that too. And then blah, blah, blah. And then they, you know. Toxic in I don't know how I want to even say they I can't even say it. They dump their mind. toxicity on you, so it, stay away from it. Well, it, it help. Let's scale up on this idea because mm -hmm. it's true too. Are you finding yourself being attracted to watching movies or reading books or going to websites or watching videos on YouTube? Anything that's going to reinforce having a bad marriage or relationship? Because again, that's what people do, and they find essentially the worst people ever to to console with that are going to do nothing but uh, reinforce the destruction of the thing that they wanted to create the most, which is a happy marriage. Yes. So you might uh, solve that by on purpose being friends with people who also, like you, have really strong marriages. But this also goes back to the original list that you gave them. We mm -hmm. bounced off some of these too, because you mm -hmm. and I are you know, not trying to cross any sort of politically incorrect right. lines. But truthfully, it goes back to the original one mm -hmm. with regards to religion. Mm -hmm. And when people Largely, have, yeah. and that's the reason you mentioned Catholicism, Judaism, but there's yes. also, I mean, Mormonism and all, all kinds of relationships mm -hmm. or all kinds of religions where they have a um, understanding of the role of a marriage in civilization, sure. in society. Basic parameters and beliefs that exactly. they're definitely on the same page. It's very, it's, it's impossible to have a long-term relationship and I mean, maybe even scaling this outside of a marriage or, uh, you know, a, a, a partner relationship, if you don't have the real core common elements in, in place. And, you know, it is religion, it's finances, it's all these different types of things. Because if you don't, you're going to always be at odds with the other person, always going to be, you know, essentially pay, playing uh, Russian roulette with the topic that you might bring up that might somehow, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, confront them. And unfortunately, uh, marriage in the whole term marriage has become, which is 
unbelievably asinine to me has become a political uh, like I know you know even right now on this podcast I'm worried that some yeah. people are going to take we're I, having to be overly delicate on certain things exactly yeah I and, know but that's, and it shouldn't be that way well by celebrating marriage mm-hmm. by celebrating making uh, uh, vows and a commitment to somebody that isn't designed to offend somebody else right it doesn't have uh, the rejection of singledom baked into it or homosexuals for that matter sure or anybody else there's right it's not an automatic rejection just because you choose it for yourselves right and so you know julie and i are not taking an overly frankly julie and i are libertarian let adults do what adults are going to do we really what do we care this is not right (laughs) unless it's you or me right totally to each their own and so here's another this is another tip it's kind of like point number three a don't hang out oh i said have out but don't hang out (laughs) with single friends Make new friends with people who have long-term marriages. Right. And uh, men, well, actually, I was going to say men, this is especially true for you, but it's actually equally true for women. Mm-hmm. So your single lady friends or single men friends are probably not going to be doing much in the way of reinforcing uh, being married because they obviously are still on the prowl. Or well, they're doing different things. They might Maybe they're going to bars or parties or things that maybe – you're instantly not going to feel as appropriate being there. And you're going to have good and, old... And be put in situations that you don't want to be in. And you're going to have good old innate FOMO that's <laughs> going to cause you to feel that maybe I should be going Grass anyway. Grass is greener, maybe. Exactly. And this is how it yeah. all starts, guys. These are the slippery slopes that you have to avoid. I'm going to give you guys another point, uh, mm-hmm. sub-point under point of three. Something that people don't like to accept at any facet of their lives anymore, which is fascinating to me from a core level... What's that? ...is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. People don't want to sacrifice. No, they don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. Well, it's 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 uncomfortable, but it's also not wanting to sacrifice your what you feel to be the most important thing because society's told you your feelings are the most important thing. Right. So mm-hmm. if you've been raised on a steady stream of your feelings being the most important thing and your feelings overrule everything, including logic and, you know, just virtually every other uh, person's, you know, logic. Yeah. You're sm- I'm wanting to know what you're uh, thinking. I, you know, and I'm in danger say of saying something just slightly say off, which is, uh, you know, the fact that colleges have designated crying rooms. Yeah. And stuff like that, where it's, it's not that I'm trying to make light of somebody's feelings. It's just that that's prioritizing that over your education. For example, um, being too delicate and leading with, Always having to feel happy or satisfied all the time. So if you guys want to send Julie an email because of the fact that she just said something You're typing like that. like that cat on the keyboard. <laughs> exactly. I'm well, offended by that. Well, someone's going to be offended. Maybe. I know. But I here, know. who cares? This is this is for the virtually all of you who have asked us to t- uh, touch on this topic before. But getting back to point here, it is about sacrifice. Marriage mm-hmm. at the at sure, its core element is about sacrifice. You do have to sacrifice a lot of yourself. Um, and a lot of what you would have otherwise done or thought, how you would have spent your time in pursuit or in honor of the commitment you made to your partner and to your spouse. And that's something that a lot of people find foreign and a lot of people have been raised, unfortunately, to believe is not important. But there's right. something that's beautiful that comes from that sacrifice that over time you'll discover is more profound and more significant than your own personal pursuits. Well, that's right. And that comes down to how you think about it, right? Is are you going to be better together than you are as individuals? It comes down to intensity of love. Yes. And that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's and commitment diff- and all those words. There's different kinds of love. And this is something that you'll learn over time. There's the love you have for yourself, right? Which, you know, most people spend their teenage years sort of exploring that, right? <laughs> then right. there's the love you have for your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner or whatever. And then you get married and there's love you have for your spouse. 
And then there's the love you have for your children. So every little step along the way is increasing the level of intensity of love, increasing the sacrifice that it requires to earn the right to be that parent or earn the right to be that long-term partner or spouse, right? There's, there's sacrifice that is necessary. There's a cost to pay to increase, to have a well, the expansion of your love. Exactly. And that's something that is, again, no one ever explained that to us. Nope. But like, I always, you know, loved you since the moment I met you when mm-hmm. you were a kid, you mm-hmm. know, and scary as hell to think that Zoe's <laughs> seven know, years, oh my gosh. seven years, Zoe will be the same age as when oh, yeah. I met you, you know, know. but that's something that, um, so, but that, that's changed and evolved. But when we got married and all of a sudden now we take on the added responsibilities of having a partnership, mm-hmm. I'm not even talking business, right. but marriage is a partnership. Sure. And uh, because marriage is, you have to run a marriage something somewhat like a business because it can't we'll just be We'll talk about all, that too. Right. Yeah. It can't just be all romance and, and you know, lingerie. Right. Though that'd be nice. <laughs> um, and then the next thing you're going to have to go through is then when you have kids. And, and you guys who have kids, and Julie and I didn't have cho- uh, Zoe until we were in our early 40s. But when you have kids, the level of intensity of love that you have is unparalleled, dare I say, mm-hmm. to the level of love you had for your spouse. It's completely different. But it's different, right? And it's different. And, and it's like, this is something that no one explains to you, but you don't. Uh, so we have single friends we've known. We just stayed with one in uh, you know, Atlanta, a good friend that we've known since high school. And he's never had kids before. And, you know, he has a girlfriend, but they're not married. He's never been married before. Um, and it's interesting as I'm around him and he and I start talking, I can definitely tell that he is not he is regretting not ever having made the sacrifice going back to the original word of uh, choosing to be a father let alone Mm -hmm. a spouse and that's something that i you know a lot of us innately know but societally we know like this is something again that religious religion gives you and your family gives you a backbone of and you have to sort of fall blindly into the idea of getting married, let alone having kids, because it's risky as hell and it's scary as hell. That's for sure. It is. But <laughs> it, it all goes back to the word sacrifice. So if you're really wondering what's going to underlie all the points, and there's 17 altogether that we're going to give you over this week, that is really the word. It's loving sacrifice. It's not sacrifice like you have to give something you don't want to give. It's voluntary sacrifice. And, but and willingness to be understanding of that and flexible to change into the next version of yourself. Right. You have to give up something of yourself in a long-term relationship or partnership. You have to give up some of your autonomy. Mm-hmm. You have to give up some of your a lot of your ego. Sure. You have to make it not all about you all the time. Right. You and then to, you have to do that again when a kid happens like, or multiple kids happen. if you have multiple happen. kids, frankly, you guys with two and three kids, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know. Yeah. Kudos to you. Yeah, kudos to you. We're not braver than us. We totally, completely. Yes. But, but, th- but that gets expanded and expanded and that changes. And I, I think uh, babies certainly do that to you. I remember feeling like, okay, I got to sort out that just because I have this level of love for her does not mean that I'm rejecting you. I still love you, but I love you in a different way as my husband than I love my kid. And we also really, really love our Frenchies. You know, these are all like different, um, you know, different versions of love, but you're expanding as you go and you have to be willing to be flexible and to change and be versatile and just not 
instantly reject something because it feels different than what you were previously comfortable with. Well, we were on the beach about six maybe months ago, probably maybe a year, mm -hmm. and uh, Brendan and Denise uh, Bouchard, and you mm -hmm. guys might know Brendan Bouchard, he's, I think, pretty damn famous. Uh, he's more of a mindset guru, coach guy, mm -hmm. and they were having their anniversary, or yes. just had their anniversary, so. mm -hmm. and um, we were congratulating them. I forget how long they've been married. I, th I thought it was 20 years or something, or something, something like, like No, that. no, it was less than 20. I think it was less. It was yeah. in the teens, yeah. I think. And um, we mentioned that we've been married for 30 years, going on 31 years. And they asked us, they're like, what? You know? Oh, yeah, I remember this. And then they asked us, well, what's your secret? And or what? tell us, give us some suggestions. And the answer that came to my mind instantaneously, because it is, I think, the truth, is having common goals. Mm -hmm. um, so sacrifice and having common goals. The word common goals means that your goals and your spouse's or your partner's goals have to be in alignment, which means that you're most likely going to have to give up on something you would have done otherwise had you not been in that relationship. And that is something you, it's called the sacrifice word again. And that is something you have to voluntarily do because the, again, uh, you know, go back to the original quotes that we were just sharing with you guys. This one in particular, I think um, the, uh, the uh, quote from, uh, you know, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, And that's really what happens. So if you're asking us how to have a long-term marriage and you're asking us how to have a long-term business partnership, let alone a marital partnership, it's all intermingled in these exact same thoughts. It is. And when you say have mutual goals, which I completely agree with, and we'll drill down on that in a future podcast. We will. In this series, uh, you know, it's not that you have the same exact goals as when you got married either. The, your goals change. You know, we, for a long time, we had our Harris Summit yearly in the beginning we of the year. We still do it. And we still do, but just we not do on it, the same day. But we do it pretty much all the time. We do now. all the time, almost quarterly. We mm -hmm. have our goals posted. We have whiteboards for everything. We have uh, legal pads for things. We have other things in the computer. But we are constantly accomplishing goals and upgrading and rehashing goals. Well, but let's just walk them through it because it's not complicated. Sure. We use the real estate treasure map, which, by the way, you guys should too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's free. We originally created Practice that. Practice what we preach. We originally created that for ourselves yeah. and have evolved it over the years. And if you want your free copy of the real estate treasure map, which is your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan, just text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372, and we'll text you back a link to download the real estate treasure map. And this is something you absolutely positively have to complete mm -hmm. with your, assuming you have a, a you know, partner or you have hopes of having a, a spouse or a partner in the future. Yep. Get into the mindset of sharing the process of setting mutual goals, not just you know business goals and financial goals. But physical goals, spiritual goals, educational goals, all the different, you know, familial goals. All Even the travel goals, you know. What do you want to do together? What do you want to see together? Where do you want to be together? Maybe, you know, maybe you both want to live in a warmer climate. Stuff like that. You've got to get on the same page. And then just like we always teach you in the treasure map, you've got to be specific. It's got to be measurable, attainable, posted, all of these things. And then redo it every now and then. Well, the key is, is when you write down a goal, is then to reverse engineer it. Mm -hmm. So whatever your goal is, no matter how lofty it is, you can break that down into steps. And then when you have um, your partner spouse, then you guys decide who's going to do what. And again, we're going to get to the specifics of the mechanics of how Julie and I have coached agents to do this and uh, over the years. And it really does work. And it does require a separation of responsibilities. It does require uh, not one person managing the other. 
and but you can come together weekly and have accountability with each other where you're going to then state this is my individual responsibilities for the business and maybe even your fam your family for this particular week and that the, there's no ass writing in the intervening days at the end of the week you sit down with each other's you know list of things and go through it and you know celebrate how to go how yeah. to go how'd you do you know, and that's the thing that will ultimately set you guys in the same direction. And it also makes it so that you do feel a purpose. You know, there's an old saying, um, man, uh, every, I'm, I hope I don't screw this up, but every man and woman uh, needs three things to have a great life. They need someone to love. They need um, something to look forward to. And they need something to do every single day that gives them a sense of purpose. I got it right. Those are good filters. Yeah, those are good filters. And so this, but the, if you're in alignment with somebody else and you're sharing those common uh, threads, trust me, there's nothing you guys will, won't be able to accomplish. You'll be able to write books together. You'll be able to, you know, do anything you possibly can imagine. Form a huge real estate business or any kind of successful business. Have a wonderful, healthy, long-term family. But it's the commonality, shared purpose, shared goals. It's the commonality of mission. And if you think about this too, Again, I don't want to, you know, well, yeah, I got, I guess I kind of do. If you want to make this as practical as possible, think about how like the special forces team or a Navy SEAL team works. Think about how a great athletic team works. Think about how a great functional business operates. They're all the same elements. It's shared goals and all these other types of things. Marriage is actually, when you integrate marriage and business, then it's more complicated because then you have the love aspect and then you have sex and then you have kids and then you have family. So having a success, if you, it's easier to be successful in business than it is to have a successful marriage, but it's actually, in our opinion, easier to have a successful business than a successful marriage if you're basically intermixing the two, but you're following, you're having shared goals. I know that sounds a little convoluted, but we'll walk you through all these points on tomorrow and the following Well, and podcast. I think that they will all understand this even more in depth if they follow along using the treasure map, if exactly. you haven't already gotten that. And if you have done this before and you've filled it out, are you following it? So there's lots of levels to that. Yes. Yeah, so please do uh, download the real estate treasure map uh, because it'll make complete sense and you'll be energized and motivated to get it uh, done as you're, I think, maybe moving the emotional needle. But I, I'll leave you guys with this one prevailing thought for today. Do really drill down on, and I maybe this isn't the right word, but I, mm. it just came to mind on the show and I think it is the right word, the word sacrifice. Do ask yourself why the word sacrifice is associated with giving something up and not gaining something. What is, why would it be, now sacrifice by definition, according to Webster, would be obviously sacrificing something, right? But what if sacrificing actually is what's necessary for you to get something? You get it? What if you were to change the whole... You mean no pain, no gain? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Exactly. What if you were to change the... See, that was Julie and I share so you, a brain. So you can't, get, <laughs> you can't get without giving first. Well, hey, how about I this? I mean, generally in life, that is how it works. It goes back to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Hey, that applies everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, we're in the gym working out today, unpleasant as always. <laughs> right. And there's Ricky Martin. I know. Thank goodness I follow some of my own rules. Most of them, I hope. Like, you know, don't go out of the house looking like a homeless person. It's not okay to go to the... I know some people do. It's really not okay to go to the gym in your jammies. That's just weird. Well, you're belaboring that point. But the fact <laughs> is, is that, um, you know... But it, I was doing what I didn't want to do when I didn't want to do it. And was rewarded by, you know, getting to meet Ricky Martin. And this is one of the Harris rules, too, by the way. You know, you it, again, we're now we're making this really practical <laughs> to Julie's point. You know, if you're in the if you're in the real estate business or any kind of business, now we don't buy and sell real estate anymore. But if we did, I promise you right now, we'd be getting a lot of referrals out of the gym. Indeed. <laughs> so we'll leave you guys with that. Hopefully you're going to like this topic. I know it's out of our wheelhouse. 
Um, and it is in alignment with, if you're listening to this into replay, don't discount um, this series of podcasts just because I'm about to date it. This is uh, leading up to uh, Valentine's Day. Yes. So we're right. working up to Valentine's Day. The last show in the sequence in the series is going to be on February. What's the Valentine's 14th. Day? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 14th. Um, yeah. So is our anniversary on the same day this year? I, I think, <laughs> I think looked, we're at peak podcast. She just looked at me and thought I was serious. <laughs> Wait, anyway. it's October 12th, right? No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. All right. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. Hey, despite the fact that this wasn't really <laughs> directly overtly about real estate, lead generation <laughs> and scripts and the rest of it, please do give us a five-star review on iTunes. If you guys like this series and these, this type of content, Julie and I will produce more of it for the podcast. Normally, we reserve this, frankly, for coaching clients. Um, but if but this you guys is, did request it. I mean, a right. lot of people have asked us to do something on this. So if this is something you want more of, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Like us and subscribe on um, YouTube and just reinforce that this is more content that you want. You guys can also text me directly saying that you like this type of thing. And maybe if you want us to clarify or drill down on, on, on some of these uh, topics, that's great. But uh, my cell phone number to text me, don't call because I will not answer. And I get, I'm guessing, 50 calls a day. And they always go to voicemail. And the voicemail says, I'm not going to ever check this voicemail. If you want to reach me, text me. So I'm serious. But if you want to message me about this or about any show topics or ideas, or frankly, if your guys are looking for a sponsor at eXp Realty and you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive in your success at eXp Realty, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your eXp Realty sponsor, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Get ready to take some notes. We are sharing our notes on our website, timandjulieharris.com. And we are also putting these notes as many as uh, as long as, um, you know, we can't oftentimes put all of our notes on iTunes and YouTube because they will not allow us to use all of our notes. They edit it back. So the best place to get our notes if you're looking for any of our um, outlines is just go over to timandjulieharris.com. They are copywritten, but we do um, offer those to you for your own purposes. And in the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.